better get out of the way. Talk a lot of game, best believe me, back it up. Check the stats, they adding up. Elusive, no second us, run the play. Gotta get it how it go. When the fits and toes, trying nose, yeah, you know the scope. Run the play. Run the play. Run the play. Yo, this is Run the Play. My name is Obes. And I'm Cha. This week, a very efficient and expedient episode of Run the Play. We're going to talk about this past weekend's college football championship games, because it was championship week. That was being the conference championship games, because that's what you do in college football. You do well during the regular season, you get a chance to compete for your conference championship. And then if you're in one of those Power 5 conferences, usually... Usually, if you win, <laughs> you go to the college football playoff, and now you have a chance to win the national championship. So, uh, I guess with all that being said, Chad, what do we have up first? So, we got to go through these games, man. Let's first up, did you watch uh, Memphis and Cincinnati, the rematch? I did. It didn't quite go as dominant as I would have hoped, because what I didn't realize was the first time the two teams played last the week prior mm-hmm. since his quarterback Desmond Ritter did not play, which is mm-hmm. why it was more lopsided. He played in the second game. Okay. And, and while he is an inaccurate quarterback, <laughs> just so say the inaccurate. Least. <laughs> He's <laughs> so inaccurate. It's ridiculous, but go ahead. <laughs> but he, he is a good leader, and he is a good game manager. He's a much better game manager than the backup quarterback is. So he made it a much closer affair. But Memphis is just too much. Mike Norvell, who is now the coach of Florida State, we might touch on that a little bit later, just just too much. He was too good of a coach, and he was able to get it done. Uh, so shout out to Memphis for making Luke Fickle just a little bit less attractive to other coaches so maybe he can end up at Michigan State, like I hope and pray. So next game up, Ohio State, Wisconsin. All right, so check this out. I was actually on a date with a woman who did not approve of some of my career decisions. Well, I'll talk to you about that offline. And like, <laughs> so like, so like, while so we were at this place called truck yard in Houston, there's one in Dallas as well. Shout out truck yard. And I'm, I'm sitting sure her, her back is to sort of like upstairs, which I didn't know was an upstairs area. So shout out to her for showing me this. And I can see behind her, the TV that has the big 10 championship game on. And I'm looking at it, expecting Ohio State to pull away in the second quarter like they have all year. And Wisconsin is up 14 nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> at this point, I kind of zone out on what she's saying for like a good like three minutes. I know how to play that off. <laughs> so like so like from her vantage point, I'm paying attention to what she's saying. I do not know what she was saying. <laughs> so, so I'm looking at the team like I'm told, told like she's talking about something. And I'm like, how is Ohio State down 14 points <laughs> Wisconsin? What's going on? Because I knew one of them was a was a, a 44-yard rushing touchdown. So I'm like, well, you know, sometimes people break big plays, even if you got a great defense. These are college kids. Sometimes people, you know, they want to be the hero on a play, get out of alignment, and then the guy runs where you should have been for a touchdown. And then I find out that the quarterback, Cohen, he gets a rushing touchdown as well. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. But, you know, whatever. You know, these things happen. I missed when Ohio State scored their first touchdown. So I didn't. And plus, the way she was sitting, she was blogging how many points Ohio State had. So I could, like, only see how many points Wisconsin had. So then I see Wisconsin score a touchdown with, like, 10 seconds left in the first half. I'm thinking it's 21 nothing. So I'm like, 
Oh shit, yo, these niggas finna get, get run out of the run run off of uh run out of Indianapolis. What's going on? Uh, it was not twenty one nothing. It was actually twenty one seven. Was I the only person in the world who knew Ohio State was going? Who was not nervous at all during that game that Ohio State? Like I thought, Ohio State was going to win. Like I, I saw the score at halftime. I was like, all right, comeback season. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know what happened? Ohio comeback State season. scored twenty seven straight points unanswered yeah. in the second half. Mm-hmm. Comeback season. So I, so I so had I been watching the game. So I went back and watched the highlights like I like I like to do. Had I seen, had I been watching the game, I would not have been worried about Ohio State losing at all. Because what happened was they were getting what they wanted for the most part, but then they just were not able to convert on fourth downs. And as I'm watching the highlights, I'm like, oh, okay. See, eventually these, they're going to hit on these third down plays and I need to even get into fourth down, and it, which is exactly what happened. They started running the ball well, started passing the ball well. Justin Fields started doing Justin Fields things, and Wisconsin just didn't have an answer. Like Justin Fields ended the game... 19 of 31, 299 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. That's exactly what you want. And then Luke, and then J.K. Dobbins, 33 carries, 172 of them thangs, of them thangs, and a touchdown. No fumbles. So no turnovers for a high weight. Hang, is that right? Let me go into the numbers. Numbers. One, excuse me, one turnover for Ohio State. That's right. Justin Fields fumbled as they were going in for a touch. That's another thing. So it was, it was really self-inflicted wounds for Ohio State was the reason why Wisconsin had the lead in the first half. Because really you're looking at a game that should have been 14-14 at the half. So then you look at the final score would have been 41-14. to Because Wisconsin got completely shut out in the second half. So you think about if Justin Fields doesn't fumble and what was a first and goal. If he doesn't fumble there, they score a touchdown there. And then you probably decrease the chance that Wisconsin's able to go down and get a touchdown to end the first half. So now, you're, so like I said, you're looking at a game that's 14-14 at the half and then 27 unanswered in the second half. Now you're looking at a 41-14 game. And there's a chance that they keep the number one ranking going into the playoff, which they lost. Which I think is ridiculous, but we'll get there. We will. We'll get we will. There. So up next, let's, just kind of, let's kind of combine Utah, Oregon, and uh, – Baylor, Oklahoma, you know, let's <laughs> combine all that hot mess of games into just one big old thing. So I was right about Baylor, Oklahoma. I said Oklahoma would win because they're better than Baylor, and they are. Yeah. Again, for the second time. Utah surprised me. Yeah. I thought, because Utah have been smoking people all season, with the exception of the loss to USC. They've just been demolishing people. So I figured, I didn't think they would demolish Oregon, but I figured, you know, They'd have a good game plan. They'd run the ball, and they would they would win and and do play action pass like they have all year. And they're like third ranked against the run. So I'm like they're gonna shut down Oregon's running back, uh, C.J. Verdell. They did not shut down C.J. Verdell. C.J. Verdell had 208 yards on 18 carries. That is almost 12 yards a carry and three three of them things three touchdowns. You're not gonna beat a team when you give up 239 yards. When your calling card is defense, right? If you're Oklahoma, not this year's Oklahoma, they don't score quite as easily. But if you're like the Kyler Murray Oklahoma, that's scoring 50 points a game, that's fine. You can give up 239 rushing yards. You can give up 37 points because you're going to score 50. Utah is not that. Utah was the team that's like, we're going to just grind it out. And then at the end of the game, the other team's tired. That's where we're going to pound them. And I guess that's what I thought they were going to do, but they just gave up too many points in the first half. Like they were down 20 nothing at the half. 
and it was 23 to 15 going to the fourth quarter. And I remember Utah had a fourth and four at the Oregon 40. Now, what would you do if you were the head coach of Utah in that situation? Fourth and four at the Oregon 40, what would you do? Go for it. Uh, play action, roll out to the strong that's what, side of the field. That's what I would do, too. That's exactly, that's exactly what I'd do. Because Utah has a running quarterback. So you fake the run. They have to respect it because they have a strong running game. And now the quarterback needs to run for it. He only has to get four yards. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be a route. Or you can just pitch so it might be somebody end. open. The tight end. Or hit the tight be end because the tight end's always open on the on the bootleg. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Always. Or open. you could. Or if you went if you went uh, play action with two running backs, one of those running backs is going to be open out of the backfield. Yep. Either the one that you pass that you run fake to. Yep. Is going to be open, and you and you can flip your hips and throw back to him because yep. the play is going to be is going to be rolling to you, rolling to the left, or or whichever uh, the wide side of the field is. Or if they don't roll to the left with you, you just dump it off to the running back. Or like you said, dump it off to the tight end. You're going to have a wide receiver running a route downfield. Something's going to be open for you to get those four yards. What did Utah do? They punted. And then Oregon went right down and scored, and that was all she wrote. And I was watching it. I said, you know what? That's exactly what they get. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't seen a single Pac-12 game this year. All right, them games come on too late. So I had no idea how good Utah actually was. But that being said, I've been riding for the Pac-12 because I'm trying to get UH into the Pac-12. So, right. you know what I'm saying? Go Pac-12. Go Pac-12. Bad. Yes. Next year. Got a next year, Pac-12. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So let's go on to uh, ACC Championship. Clemson won. All right. Uh, SEC Championship. <laughs> Georgia, LSU, yes, in Atlanta. Joe Burrow, the real deal, the real look. So we've been talking about Joe Burrow all season. I'm saying Athens, Ohio zone, the living legend, all of that. You know, he goes to Ohio State. He's sitting behind JT Barry. Probably figures okay, he'll play for a couple years. I'll redshirt. Then I'll have the rest of the time that I'm at Ohio State to be the starter. Good plan. Good plan. When he got there. Braxton Miller was there. JT Barrett was there. I want to say Cardell Jones was there. And then, of course, Dwayne Haskins comes in. So knowing what we know now about Joe Burrow and JT Barrett, it's kind of ridiculous that they started JT Barrett over Joe Burrow. And then after Joe Burrow transferred, it's more ridiculous that they started JT Barrett over Dwayne Haskins. I don't know what that, I don't know what that was about in either case. Urban Meyer messed up. But... And that, and that would have changed everything if Joe Burrow was the starter over JT Barrett. Probably don't lose any games. They probably don't lose that game where they got blown out by Iowa because JT Barrett was too indecisive with the ball. And they probably go to a playoff. They might win a championship. Dwayne Haskins probably doesn't go. It probably goes to Maryland like he was originally committed to. And then that changes the course of action for DJ Durkin and Maryland. It changes a whole bunch of things. That's not what happened, though. Joe Burrow ends up at LSU, becomes an LSU legend. The greatest quarterback to ever go to LSU, even though he didn't go there from jump. And I tell you what, he looked every bit the part of that against Georgia. 28 for 38, 349 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. And honestly, he should have had five touchdowns and over 400 yards passing. But Terrace Marshall dropped a 64. It would have been an easy 64-yard touchdown pass in the first half. Like, he had this man beat. The DB is, was on the ground. 
Joe Burrow threw a perfect pass like he like he likes to do. And this man just flat out dropped it. I'm sitting there like, bruh, bruh, you can't be dropping Joe Burrow's perfect passes, man. You can't do that shit. That's illegal. Like he might be in jail right now. That bail him out. That's illegal. You can't drop Joe Burrow passing in the state of Louisiana. The governor put that on the books. <laughs> but what did you think about the game? Did you did you watch it? Yeah, I watched uh, most of it, or maybe the first two or three quarters. Um, I I thought that LSU, uh, for the most part, I mean, score-wise, it definitely dominated Georgia. I thought Georgia actually had some chances to stay in the game, and they kind of squandered them. Meanwhile, LSU's defense played the best they played all year. So those two things kind of combined is why the score ended up the way it did. Uh, Oh, yeah. Especially in the first quarter, Jake Fromm showed that he has seriously regressed from his freshman year. There was at least two passes where he had wide-open receivers that would have been touchdowns that he just flat-out missed. And then there were other passes that would have converted third downs, again, with wide-open receivers that he's, like, throwing overheads, he's throwing five yards short. It's like, what what are you doing? (laughs) It's like, this is a guy that, by all indications, is going to be a first-round draft pick Mm -hmm. when he enters the draft. And he looked like utter garbage. Like, footwork all messed up, just missing... Like inexcusable misses, to be to be honest with you, and he ended the game twenty for forty two, one touchdown, two interceptions to Derek Stingley Jr., who might have the best ball skills of any DB I've ever seen. Man, look, well, at least that night, you know what I'm saying? Not, like the whole season, I think he has like seven interceptions. That's on the crazy. Season. Yeah, because because the that first pick he had, he he it was it was perfect. It was this how, how you coach it? So he, he he identified the route. He got to the man's hip. Then he turned and he flipped his hips around, turned his head around, and and then the ball just landed right into his lap. Then he had to put mm-hmm. his hands out. That's, that's 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 perfect coverage. And the second one, he just identified the route, jumped. It was like it was like a hitch route. He jumped it. Did he get a pick six on that or no? Did he, he, nah, no, he didn't. he didn't. Okay, but yeah, that was that. I was like, who is this dude? True freshman. You know what I'm saying? N- nobody be tweeting me back, though, whenever I ask questions. That's why I noticed. Y'all rude. All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know. He, he's, yeah, Derek he's Stanley nice. Jr. is a true freshman. He has six interceptions this season. That's wild. Six. Now, of course, he's a true freshman. He got beat a couple plays just because he's a true freshman, right? He's still learning. But if you throw the ball anywhere near him, he's coming down with it. That like I was so impressed watching him against Georgia. Because uh, Fromm had not thrown an interception since they lost to South Carolina. And he throws two to the same guys. Like, at a certain point, it's like, throw to somebody else. <laughs> throw, throw, throw against anybody besides Derek Stingley Jr. He's going to pick it off. And he did twice. I was, I was very impressed. Like you said, that was, that was their best defensive performance of the year. And when they needed it most. Mm-hmm. Not going to need it again until the championship game because Oklahoma ain't going to get it done. But, hey, we'll talk about that in a second. So now let's talk about the college football playoff. Yeah, so the top four in order. LSU, number one. Ohio State, number two. Clemson, the fighting Dabos, number three. (laughs) And the Oklahoma Sooners sneak in with that Big 12 championship win at number four. And the Utah loss. And the Utah loss. Yeah, Yeah. I think if Utah would have won, because they were at five. Yeah. Had Utah won the way... They wouldn't have needed to dominate, but had they won by like seven to ten points, they would have gotten in for sure. 
Yeah, I think so. I don't, I, I don't think Oklahoma would have had a strong enough case. And if Oregon had not lost to who are these Arizona State, yeah, that hurt them a lot. Now they not lost to Arizona State. Because really, if if Oregon came in with one loss into that Pac-12 championship game, it would have been who the winner of the Pac-12 would have gone in, and I would have yeah, because Oregon, because Oregon and Utah were ranked five and six before yeah. Oregon lost, so uh, it would have been for sure the winner would have gone in instead of Oklahoma. Though they should have been ranked four and five. If we're gonna keep it honest, but yeah, yeah. Well, they, who they who did Georgia beat that they that they were ranked four? I mean, I'll tell you who they lost to South Carolina. South yeah, you know what I'm saying so, South Cac. Yeah, uh, man, that should mm, trash. That should that should not have happened. Trash. But back to back to the what we're talking about at hand. So LSU plays Oklahoma. Oklahoma's defense is improved. Our cousin starts at outside linebacker for Oklahoma. Shout, shout out. out to David. David, you know what I'm Gwibble. saying out here, gang. David shout out to him. You know what I'm saying? Gang, gang, gang. Yo, I was shouting him out on Twitter. I was like, yo, it's my cousin getting these sacks, nigga. <laughs> he really was. He out here, though. He out here. You know what I'm saying? He worked his way up True to freshman chart. starting. You know what I'm saying? Out cheer. You know what I'm saying? Out cheer. Out cheer. Best yes, team in the Big Naija. 12. Oh, the best team in the Big 12. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And then, uh, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's, not, he's not ready to put the team on his back quite yet, though. You know what I'm saying? Next year... And his junior season before he goes to the league early as a first round pick, that's when he'll be ready to be like, yo, we have the number one defense in the country because I'm nice like that. He's not quite at that level yet, but he's getting there because he's he's in this family. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I, well, I'm not going to make the pick right now, but I, I think you can see where I'm going with that. And then the more, what's expected to be the more competitive affair, Ohio State versus Clemson. Now we recall last year. Clemson put the beats on Alabama 44 to 16 in the national championship game. The uh, basically the entire offense for Clemson is back. And down the stretch they looked like it when they started beating people by 40 points a game. But I still remember the first half of the season when they were struggling mm-hmm. and Trevor Lawrence looked like he read his bible more than his playbook in the offseason mm-hmm. and he just throwing like just just terrible picks and they only beat North Carolina by one point. Also, who has Clemson played? Nobody, exactly. Well, exactly. Best thing they played like, was Virginia. That's what <laughs> 20, I'm saying. Number twenty three, Virginia. That's what I'm saying. Like, like my whole thing is this, and this is, this is how I think it's going to go. Either Clemson is going to shock the world, or they're going to get the, beat the brakes beat off them. Like I don't think there's any in between. Like they're either going to win close, or they're going to lose big. Because Ohio yeah. State is the real deal. Ohio State has played several top ten opponents, several and smacked and, and all and of them. Smacked. <laughs> Every single way. They smacked Wisconsin twice. Yeah, they've beaten everybody by at least two scores. You the closest they've come to losing was an 11-point win against Penn State in the rain when they got a lead and they said, okay, that's it. <laughs> you ride this out. Had it not been raining, they would have put up 40 like they did against everybody else. Exactly. It's just like, I don't, so, I don't, and my whole, th- <laughs> and let's talk about Dabo right fast because I don't understand how, wh- what this man is complaining about. When the two teams that are above Clemson have both beaten multiple top 10 teams. Multiple top 10 teams. Both LSU and Ohio State, at the very least on paper, are head and shoulders above Clemson this year. Clemson is number three because they have no loss. Let me tell you something. If they lost to North Carolina, they'd be in the fourth seed, assuming they won the uh, ACC. Mm Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Because Clemson ain't playing nobody. Y'all ain't playing nobody. Get I'll tell you what, though. For, every, for all the stuff that Dabo's talking about, disrespect this, disrespect that, Clemson's currently favored by two points over Ohio State. And that's ridiculous to me. See, that, see that, and that right there is why Ohio State's going to come into the game looking for blood. Because Ohio mm-hmm. State has proven to be the best team in the nation. And y'all have another team. You have, y'all have Clemson, of all people, favored in that game. Yeah. Yeah, ooh, I can't wait. I'm cheering for Ohio State in that one. Shoot. Now, I will I will say, Clemson is a very good team, right? Don't get yeah, me wrong. I mean, yeah. they've, they've got a lot of talent. I mean, I mean, I mean. And? They've got a lot of talent on that team. And? What I will say, though, is their defensive line last year was the reason they were able to smack Alabama around. They ever, like, everybody on their, on their D-line got drafted in the first round last year. This D-line is not that. It's not that. It still gets good, but it's a lot younger. And they don't have the same type of game breakers like they had on the D-line last year. And that's a problem when you face a team like Ohio State that has J.K. Dobbins, who might be the best running back in America. That man is so good. And he's, and he's, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. He is. Oh, my God. Every time, I love to watch him. He's, he, like, he, he looks like Emmitt Smith out there. He's from Texas, but, too. From Lagrange, Texas, yes, sir. That's right, I know that because Gus Johnson said it every play. J.K. Dobbins got the ball. He <laughs> did, yeah. J.K. all day from Lagrange, Texas. I'm like, hey, think from Lagrange to cool. Also found out that J.K. Dobbins' dad died in jail. Uh, R.I.P. to Mr. Dobbins. All right, so sad to learn that. But J.K. is using his fuel from Lagrange, Texas. So anyway. J.K. Dobbins in the backfield might be the best running back in America. And then all of a sudden you combine him with Justin Fields, who has thrown 40 touchdowns and only one interception. You know who he threw that interception against? Who? Michigan State. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, six and six Michigan State. Yeah. The team that the team that that they beat 34 to 10. I remember I watched that interception. I watched the highlights of that game the other day. And it's just like, it's one of those passes where he threw it and he was like, why did I throw that? And then it got picked. <laughs> he hadn't thrown one of those the rest of the <laughs> Like, you know, like a lot of quarterbacks, they'll be like, oh, you know, DBs will like drop picks. I can't recall seeing a ball that he threw where the DB should have picked it off and he just dropped it. Mm-hmm. He's putting the ball where only his receiver can catch it. Yeah. Which is a, which is a lot to be said for that, considering he's... Our first year starter, true sophomore, true. And then, and then, like a transfer on top of that. It's not like, you know, he he went he went through the recruiting process because I think when, especially when you're a quarterback and you go through the recruiting process, you learn about the offense you're going to be playing in before you get there. He didn't know anything about the offense at Ohio State until he got there, and then he had to win the job in the off season. So all this is like he's basically a true freshman at Ohio State right now, doing all of this. Mm-hmm. So. I've been thoroughly impressed by him, by his running ability. And he runs so smart. He's not just out here like trying to take on heads. He's 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 very much a pass first quarterback that just has like blinding speed. And he's big. He's six three, every bit of two twenty five. He's a big dude. And so he looks Nigerian. You, so you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can tell us there. <laughs> you can tell us there. Nigel is well represented in the college football playoff. Like he like like I, I could I could see him playing, you know, uh, Football for for the national uh, Nigerian national team, 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, just, just, just streaking down the sideline. <laughs> and then, like, it gets a pass down the pitch. <laughs> just outruns everybody for the goal. I could see it. I can see it. Of course, he he'd be like one eighty five instead of two twenty five if he well, played. Well, he played no for Nigeria. He'd be like one ninety five. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nigeria. Nigeria soccer true. players are strong and fast. I think we got muscling dudes on there. But I digress. I digress. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting. I, I, I think I agree with your assessment where Clemson wins close or Ohio State just runs them off the field. But that's what that second quarter blitz like they've been doing to people because what they've been doing with the exception of against Wisconsin, is they'll just sort of, you know, bide their time in the first quarter, figure out what you're doing with your defense, lull you into a false sense of security, and then boom. I remember like against Michigan State, which is, the, I think, the game I watched them closest in because, you know, we're Michigan State fans. And I'm looking at Michigan State's defense in that first quarter, just destroying Ohio State's offense. I'm like, oh, shit. Is Mark D'Antoni finna do this shit? And then Michigan State turned the ball over in both their first two drives. In a game where it was 17-7. to And Brian Lewerke has Cody White running wide open. Ain't nobody around him. All he has to do is get the ball to him. Cody White's going to score. He throws the ball like five yards over his head. We would have made it 17-14. Now, Michigan State's defense is like, okay, we're our offense in this shit. We, we just got to you know, hold up our end. And he throw he throws that pass. It was so bad. I promise you, if we were on the defensive sideline, we they would have like just felt the team deflate. Like, nope, they're not going to be able to get it done for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. That that honestly, let me tell you something. As like as average as like a lot of players on on Michigan State's offense was, if they had had like a, a good quarterback, I think the the season is different. I think you get two or three more wins out of the squad because it's just like because the quarter because like. Because Cody White is he's not like an elite receiver, but he's a pretty good receiver. He he always finds a way to get open, you know. Like uh, it's just, but this man, the work he just stay missing him, stay mm-hmm. like like he's open so many like uh, like he's open like wide open at least two or three times a game. I mean like wide butt naked like I'm a score I'm a walk into the end zone if you throw me the football open, a couple times a game and he gets missed every single time. Sometimes he doesn't get the ball thrown to him. You know what I'm saying? So, but again, I digress. I digress. But yeah, I like uh we'll make the picks as we get closer to the actual games, but it should be interesting. I mean should be and I I am surprised that Clemson is favored over Ohio State given that Clemson ain't played nobody this year. And but, uh, uh, but we'll know, see. This, this this is part of the um the Wolverine agenda. All right. But it's gonna backfire. Okay. Yep. That's all I'm saying. So this has been Run the Play. My name is Obes. That's Shaw. You can follow us on Twitter at Ten Clock. That's T I N C L O C K. It's it's just a good time, man. It's a good time. Shaw, where can the people find you at? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cha is Nuclear. You can also check out my music on NuclearKite.com. You can also check out my bandmate uh, Chasing Z's music on the same website. Uh, he just got a login, so he got a now he can update the website himself and everything. So it should be his new music should be up there soon. I'll let y'all know when it's there. I'm also featured on uh, Jaquan and Sadiq's new mixtape, uh, Fofo Action Volume Two. Uh, we, uh, I'm saying, me and uh, Z's have a track on there called L4L. You know what I'm saying that song is very good. Uh, the whole mixtape is very good. Y'all should get to listen. For sure. Dope, dope, dope. So for child, my name is Obes. This is Run the Play. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.